1: Hi everybody, Andrew Gormley, CEO of Classic Flyers here. If you're interested in classic aviation and you want to get up close and personal to old aircraft and see some of New Zealand's aviation history, come across the Classic Flyers, Batten Drive, Mount Maunganui, right on the edge of the airport. You can go for flights in old airplanes like Boeing Stearmans and Harvards. There's lots to see. Kids' parties happening here all the time. We have functions and function rooms, business meetings, and a great cafe with excellent coffee. If you'd like to be involved with Classic Flyers, we also have the volunteer groups who do all things from helping out with function work or just on the main hangar floor with visitors and guests or birthday parties, right through to engineers who get involved in restoring some of our wonderful old aircraft assets. It's a great place and it's in a good location. Come and have a visit. Check out the website on www.classicflyersnz.com.
0: The Wings Over New Zealand show would like to acknowledge the great support it's had from Fly DC3. You can fly back in time with Fly DC3 from Ardmore Airport, charter the DC3 Dakota, and fly into the past. It's an experience you'll never forget. Fly DC3. Go to dubdubdubflydc 3conz Extend it. Hi, this is Peter Johnson from aerospace radio station Extended and we bring you some of Europe's best guests.
2: He's he's been something of of an unsung hero of the American space programme outside those who have made it their business to become aficionados of it. News. Some people will call you mad. Some people will call you heroes. uh, uh, And everyone else is probably somewhere in that spectrum. It's it's an amazing project to, to pull together from literally from scratch. And views. You've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and learn from that experience. And that's not an easy thing to do, Peter, learning from your own failure. So why not give us a listen? If you want to hear about warbirds, aviation and the aerospace industry... Come over and give us a visit. Aviation-extended.co.uk And remember, there's no E at the beginning of Extended.
3: Extended. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand Show with Dave Homewood. Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand Show. I'm your host, Dave Homewood this episode uh it's a little bit unusual um i've got my good friend james kitely on the line uh from australia we're talking via zoom and uh we're just going to have a bit of a chat about a topic that's coming up on the on the show later this year which is wings over britain james welcome to the show
2: thanks dave it's great to be here again it's been quite a while and uh, funny to be talking across the whole of the tasman sea about a trip to the other side of the world back to the uk as well so um, it's really good to be here and i'm very excited for you dave um for the for the big trip to the to the uk and uh what's going to happen there um i think probably good just to Bit of background for any new listeners, people who don't already know us. Um, obviously, some people will do. Um, so I'm James Coatley. Um, I've been writing and uh working on vintage aviation preservation, uh, warbirds, and so on for well over 35 years now. It's, it sort of clocks up, um, for various magazines and, and online and so on. Some people know me as JDK on the forums. Vintage Aero Writer is my um, other name. I'm not sure which bit's the vintage, I'm feeling more vintage myself these days. Um, and Dave and I've been working together on stuff uh, from when I was living in the UK um and which will become very evident is I lived in the UK although I'm Australian um for 30 years uh or so um up to the early 2000s and very involved in the the aviation scene over there um I'm not going to pretend I'm up to date with uh, being there we visited back to Australia to the UK a little while ago but um There have been some changes, but some things have not changed very much. So we're going to be looking at what we can talk about and and filling in you, the listeners, um, with some of the stuff that uh, Dave uh, hopes to do and and will will be doing um, in the UK with this new uh, tour. Jumping back, this is also a bit based on something we did in 2015, um, Wings Over Australia. And uh, before I flip back to, to Dave, uh, so you're not just listening to me, um, with Wings Over Australia, which was an idea by Grant McCarran, um, of, uh, another podcaster, and myself, uh, to get Dave to Australia and to tour around and do stuff. Um, and we did, we, we toured around and we did a lot of um, very interesting places. Um, a trip to Australia from New Zealand is a thing um it's a fairish distance and we cover a lot of ground a trip to the uk from new zealand is uh, a lot further and i think you're going to be covering a bit more um in the uk dave but just do you want to say a few things about wings over australia first
3: well sure yeah um well for for anyone who's listening who actually hasn't come across me before i'll just give a quick brief about me as well um absolutely i i I, um live in cambridge new zealand um i'm involved these days in aviation media Uh, i'm Editor of Sport Flying Magazine, and I'm administrator of the Sport Aircraft Association of New Zealand. Uh, But my main passion is uh, aviation history and uh, warbirds, and and uh, recording veteran history and all that kind of thing. uh, Interviews, and um, I've got the Wings Over New Zealand show now. Wings Over New Zealand is a a, is a forum online. Um, It's been going since two thousand and five, so it's coming up to um, eighteen years online we cover everything to do with New Zealand aviation and stuff around the world and and in 2011 I started the spin-off which was the podcast wings over New Zealand show uh we've got 270 episodes right now in the uh, in the archive um, all covering interesting topics of New Zealand aviation and some overseas stuff as well which as James uh, explained we did the wings over Australia sub-series in that um, I think we got almost was it twenty? I think it's about twenty episodes in two and a half weeks. We recorded <laughs> that. There was it was a lot. It was a lot, and I know that we were. Uh, well, it took it took half a year to get them out. That's that you know that's that was the thing. It, it really filled the slot, which was great because we did uh, on the release. We had an Australian episode, then a New Zealand episode, and we we staggered them like that so that uh, you know we were keeping the New Zealand topics coming as well. But yeah, the 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 show. That we're working on now, which, which I'm working towards, is Wings Over Britain. Now, James probably might not even know this, but before Wings Over Australia, uh, some time before that, I'd started to think about doing a, a tour of Britain and recording uh, shows around there too, going okay, around Britain, and 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 this is before Wings Over Australia ever got suggested to me by by James and Grant, and. It it just didn't happen at the time. That was that would have been two thousand fifteen. It was a, it was a few months before we actually did the Australian tour, and of course at that time I just put it out of my mind. In two thousand and eighteen, um, I started thinking about it again, and I I, re- I haven't been to England since nineteen ninety seven, and I I really wanted to get back there, and I was getting itchy feet, and there was so many things I wanted to go see there, uh, and so I started planning, and my plan was originally called wings over d-day and i wanted to cover the 75th anniversary of d-day and go to france and britain for a few weeks and record there um it all went pear shaped i just couldn't get any funding from anywhere and i couldn't save up enough to, to make it happen for for 2019 it would have been uh and then uh after i basically canned that idea Um, I I then decided to start looking at just Britain alone, and that was going to become uh, Wings Over Britain. And uh, the new project was going to happen in 2020. Uh, I was meant to be flying over there in in June 2020 and touring around museums and collections and doing a few air shows and meeting up with people and interviewing a, a series around Britain. I... I was really looking forward to that it was it was going to be great i had lots of people lined up uh, and then of course COVID came along and the whole thing got canned and that was uh three years ago that i was planning that um it's only now that i've started to plan again so wings over britain 2023 is now all planned to go um and i will be heading over to britain in june uh, and i'll be there for five weeks now the original 2020 plan, I was meant to be coming back through Oshkosh. I've decided not to do that for this year, uh, and I'll spend more time in Britain, which will give me more time to sort of get around the, the places I want to get to, and also have a few days where I'm not doing aviation stuff, and I can just actually rest. Because as you remember, James, we did a, we, with Wings Over Australia, we did a really full-on tour where we were doing sometimes two and three interviews a day, and um, by, by the end of it, after Nearly three weeks. I think we were quite burned out, weren't we? Because we hadn't stopped.
2: Yeah. Look, I'll come in there. That's that's a good point to come in. It it was hard work. Um, it was very enjoyable, very worthwhile, <laughs> and I think I'm very proud of what we achieved. Um, and what we what we got out of that. But yeah, very much a, a non-stop sort of uh, run. Um, and look. Uh, just like to recap on some of the stuff uh dave said you, I, you're right i had forgotten about the original idea of going to britain back uh, 2015 mm. um and uh you, you did tell us about it but again it's one of these things and we're talking about things that might have happened as opposed to things that are happening or will happen and this is this trip's now on you've got your tickets it's going to happen um and uh, it's now kind of slotting in things and pulling it together and, and part of the other thing is that wings over australia was a real thing it really did happen and that also gives us a chance today to talk about how some of that came about how it um fed forward and some of the surprising bits and pieces um and how that may be you know also occur in the uk so just a a quick point here picking up some of the stuff um that Dave's mentioned that may not be familiar to new listeners and uh, a good reminder for our regulars um, is that this is all embedded in Wings Over New Zealand um, Dave's um, uh, podcast series um, based in the in the forum. And I think Dave's too polite and modest to mention, so I'll definitely do it, which is uh, Dave's forum and, and the man himself is a bit of a centre of, of Kiwi uh, aviation, more on the historic and heritage side um, than the, the current scene, but also doing a lot of current stuff as well. Um, I think it's pretty much impossible not to uh, not to touch on New Zealand aviation and not be aware of dave and i think one of the things is that uh the scene in new zealand speaking as an australian is very strong whether it's vintage aviation or or, um, or heritage or the, the sort of looking at the veterans as, as dave's just touched on um and they do very very well in some ways i think better than some of the stuff we we do over here in australia in a, in a bigger country with a, a bigger population so the stuff to note down uh wings over new zealand is your main podcast series um and we have done in 2015 wings over australia which a sub-series of that they're all available we'll be mentioning some as we go through um you can listen to them for free online um and then we're talking about the forthcoming june july wings over britain series which will be a a whole new thing um and those podcasts will be going up but as dave just uh, finished there and i'll just pick up on it absolutely it's great fun we really enjoy ourselves doing these things but they are full-on so if you're interested if you're in the uk um, and you're interested in meeting up with Dave, you're someone who knew him through the key forums or one of the other online forums, um, then please do feel free to get in touch. And um, I'm sure Dave will be very happy to to say howdy to people he's only met online or friends he's only met um, very occasionally. I know that's one of the things I really enjoy about this kind of travel. Um, if you're not in the UK, but you do want to help, we are. Uh, we have opened up a Give A Little um, funding account. Um, Dave's going to make this thing happen himself, but uh, a bit more cash, um, a bit more support will make more things more possible and help facilitate ease the process of producing the podcast. So we'll be mentioning the give a little, um, account, um, later, and we've already had some very generous people, um, chip in a bit of money there. So we're not here saying, Hey, you need to fund us to make this happen, but if you want to, um, help it make it happen better, uh, we'll be very appreciative for that. That's a fair comment, isn't it, Dave?
3: It, it is. Uh, um, and you know, I've, I'm very humbled to see that people already donated there and, uh, I also want to mention, but as well as the give a little, um, I've got two sponsors who are helping this out, and they, they came on board for 2020, uh, and of course, when the tickets got cancelled, uh, the money just sat in an account, and they've gone towards the now much more expensive airline tickets, because <laughs> airline travel has changed. Well, I need to mention Aviation Tours NZ, with Mel and Kevin Salisbury being awesome sponsors, and... Also, uh, my good friend Peter Wheeler uh, came on board with sponsorship through him from the New Zealand Bomber Command Association. Well, up until that point, he had been running the Bomber Command Association for many years. He's sort of taken a step back these days because he's not quite so well. Uh, But uh, he wanted me to go over there, represent the Bomber Command Association uh, and get some Bomber stories. And um, so, yeah, he's been a great sponsor as well. So, Uh, Thanks to Peter and Mel and Kev. They've been wonderful.
2: That's great. If I can come in on that, that's, that's a really good point. One of the challenges that we've been facing over the last few years is that the World War II veteran population has um, sadly been dying off just from sheer age. Um, obviously, I think the first thing I'd say there is we lost a lot of those guys during the war. It's easy to overlook uh, when you're talking about the veteran context and forget almost um, that there were a lot of guys who never got through the war, but of those that did, um, uh, very, very few of them around to now but what is awesome is that there's some great places that are recording those stories and capturing those stories. Um, Dave's been great I think in in New Zealand in not uh discriminating um if they're in New Zealand and they have these histories to share whether they're British, Australian, New Zealand or anywhere else capturing those stories and archiving them as part of his extensive website and and the um the whole wings over New Zealand uh context various other organizations um are doing that in other parts of the world which is terrific um and well let's, let's just start in on some of the places we're hoping to get to and or, when, when I say we I'll be travelling with you virtually Dave you're on your own for this one um, but I'll be there backing you up and um, one of the ones is the International Bomber Command Centre which is new since I was uh, living in the UK um, Dr Dan Ellen is a, a good uh, contact of mine I think I can call him a friend we've worked on a couple of projects together and I'm very keen and hopeful that he'll be able to network um, Dave in on the IBCC uh, stuff which is doing some really good um, sharing of material and information and veterans experiences logbooks and stories that we haven't um previously um seen in, in, in other places wow. um, of course another place and I'll, I'll throw this one back to dave because um, uh, i'm pretty sure he's been there uh, some time ago but absolutely one of the centers of of uh, uh aviation history in the uk is the royal air force museum hendon uh hendon being the uh, pre world war one airfield and, and one of the top military aviation uh, museums of the world that's had a fair number of changes over the years and um dave what was it like when you were there last
3: Well, it was so long ago, I don't remember a lot. I have to get my photos out again. But uh, I I actually, I've been to England twice. Um, I went over in 1993, 94. I spent two winters there, uh, and 1996, 97. Um, On both occasions, I visited Hendon. Absolutely love the place. Uh, I love seeing the Battle of Britain um, aircraft that were there then. I think most of them have moved on now. Um, I love seeing the Sunderland. I loved, I mean, it, just, it was an amazing collection and, and it was a place that I'd always wanted to get to. But the really strange thing is, back then, they, that place, Duxford, and the uh, Imperial War Museum in London and the Science Museum are the only aviation places I visited. Um, I'd don't. I only just, when I first went over, I'd only just left the Air Force. I was interested in the aircraft, love aircraft, but I just didn't make it a priority to go around aviation sites because i really didn't know enough about it and uh that's half the reason why i really want to get back there and actually see some of these places and the other thing about it too is i'm going back in, in summer uh which i found when i was there in winter in britain everything's shut everything's closed you know so i'm, I'm hoping to see some things actually open now um but no that that's the really interesting thing about um hendon uh, you know, there's, there's a, just an amazing collection there. The Wellington bomber, that just made such an impact on me seeing that because, you know, so many Kiwis uh, operated them, and, and particularly in 75 squadron, but also loads of other squadrons. Um, I, I I mean, there's, there's a lot of places I'm looking forward to get back to that have the bomber command connections um, and... Um, you know, oh, I really, I can't wait to get to East Kirkby to go and have a look at the Lancaster there and the, their other collection of aircraft. And they've now got the Mosquito there that runs its engines. They've got uh, a Mitchell bomber has just arrived, and they've got a, a Bristol Blenheim. Oh, it's a, what's a, yeah, there's, Pol- there's a, isn't it Polenbrick.
2: Well, that's an it's an interesting one, isn't it? So on the preservation side, um, most of the preserved. Blenheim's are actually Bollies, Bollingbrooks, the Canadian built version. And that's a good angle. I mean, one of the things here, um, I I try and work internationally. I'm working out of Australia, but um, one of the things that Dave and I have worked on a lot is is stuff like Bomber Command, Battle of Britain, and it's not a single perspective. It's not um, it's not just the British uh and, and this is one of the cliches. You know, Britain was not alone in 1940, they were isolated in Europe, absolutely, but there were a lot of um, European Air Force guys, European um ex-military people who were there helping and the entire British Empire's um, backing. And from Australia, it's very much, we send our best people over there and New Zealand very much did that uh, proportionally, I think in actually greater numbers. Then yeah. as you said, 75 Squadron on Wellington's uh, very important part of um, Bomber Command's uh, you know developmental period and then right into the end of the war from, from that Kiwi's perspective. So you'll be looking at the Kiwi perspective, but that'll be embedded yeah. in the Canadian experience and the Australian experience all of those kind of and and obviously the the expatriate uh, occupy countries people so that'll be facing bomber command is is a is a big part of the story and it's part of what your sponsorship is so we're very keen to to acknowledge and and recognize that battle of britain will obviously be getting a fair amount of um uh airtime and mentions but it's it's a bigger picture too you've been you're not going to be just restricting yourself to that the biggest challenge will be fitting it all in and yes going in summer Much better idea. I cannot recommend British winters. They're not as challenging as Canadian winters, uh, for instance, but uh, definitely go in the summer. And one of the other things about going in the summer is you'll get some air shows and you're managing to nail in, uh, I think, three air shows. Um, So the first one, if I've got my notes correctly here, is the Aero Legends Battle of Britain show at Headcorn, uh, end of June. Um, That sounds good. What do you know, Dave?
3: um, I I actually don't know a lot about that show. I've just been told that's a really good one to go to. Um, I, I have to say this is the schedule of everything i've got a long list of places i want to get to um nothing's nothing's locked in
2: yet but... it, it, it's a wish list isn't it dave it's like if i like can get yeah. to all of those i probably yeah. won't be standing but i've done a lot
3: <laughs> exactly um I, I definitely want to get to the shuttleworth collection and and get to their military aircraft uh air show because you know that's a legendary place i even knew about that when i was a kid at shuttleworth my dad had videos that he'd got when, when i was a kid and uh, it just was a place that i don't know it's always it, you know it's a bit like oshkosh it's a place you really got to visit i think at one one point in your life if you're an aviation fan um absolutely so um yeah i do, I do want to get to shuttleworth i want to hopefully get to flying legends as well which is the greatest warbird air show in the world
2: just to go back a step yeah shuttleworth i'd absolutely agree with you dave um there are a few places that are both real and legendary in aviation oshkosh definitely one of them Um, that's for another day um but shuttleworth i would agree 100 percent and for me it's still very much a benchmark of a small and intimate place that does um, some of the most fascinating and impressive um aviation vintage aviation historic aviation of anywhere in the world There's, there's several aircraft there that you're just used to seeing if as i was when i was living in the uk all the time you have to remind yourself this is the oldest you know flying british aircraft in the world this is um the aircraft which which has been based at the longest at one airfield in the world and um there they are just puttering around in the circuit and uh usually with some some good pa pa going over and and a beautiful venue um, people said to me, "Oh, should I go to Shuttleworth on a non-flying day?" Well, yeah, you can. It's like cold pizza. You know, you know what you're getting, but you're missing out on on the sizzle and the and the really top level stuff. So going for an air show is is definitely part of the thing. We also hope to be able to line up some sort of behind the scenes type stuff with the Shuttleworth team. Obviously, we can't say anything in detail until things happen, and this will be a theme we'll repeat in this chat which you can't say exactly um, because it's either not uh, confirmed or we need to be uh, confidential until it's uh, sorted. Um, But definitely Shuttleworth is going to be one of, I think will be one of the uh, show highlights. um, uh, Sorry, trip highlights with that particular show. Um, Mm -hmm. Legends, obviously legendary show by by its very name. Fingers crossed on that one. And uh, yeah, some pretty serious warbirding stuff. Um, And I think, do I see there you're hoping to get to Riyadh, Royal International Air Tattoo as well?
3: uh yeah I'll, I'll i'll go there for hopefully a day um i'm not going to do the whole air show, but i'll do hopefully a day there um and uh i mean that's the the noisy fast jets are not my priority but uh it'd still be damn cool to see them so you know it's, i've got to do it if i'm there uh but you know for me i mean getting to some of the other places that are uh some of the museums uh that the places that i've read about the, i've seen photographs online and some stuff and i'm really yeah. looking forward to it. there's a lot of stuff that i i want to do and i know i won't get to everything but um, along the way i want to actually catch up with the people who are working there or volunteering there um, it, it, just as we did in australia we'll sit down and do an interview uh, about their museum or their collection or whatever the topic is uh, and just again like with wings over australia if there's any New Zealand connections I can bring into the conversation, I will try and discuss that as well. And, you know, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is telling the stories of what New Zealand did, uh, the, the RNZF particularly did during the war, uh, World War II and World War One to a lesser extent, I don't know as much, but World War II is my sort of key topic. And, you know, with the 2020 trip that was planned, it was actually going to coincide really nicely with the, Anniversary of the Battle of Britain, eightieth uh, anniversary, and of course we we don't have one of those nice round figure anniversaries this time, but I still want to cover off some of the Battle of Britain sites and and museums, you know, the likes of uh, and, uh Kent Battle of Britain Museum, and uh, Tangmere and Biggin Hill and places like that, um, because that you know the British history, but they're also New Zealand history. There's a lot of Kiwis served in those places and were significant and were significant in the battle of britain and one of the things that i really want to get across because i think and it might be controversial but i think that the kiwis have been a bit overlooked in the battle of britain uh in terms of the people who came from outside of britain and served during the defense of britain in 1940 um you often hear about the poles and the Czechs um and you know that kind of um, stories get told quite often but the New Zealanders they've, they've been grossly overlooked and it really annoys me that whenever you see the list of who was in the Battle of Britain you'll always see 145 poles and 135 or 136 New Zealanders it's not right they are only the ones that got the clasp on their medal but there were there were over a thousand New Zealanders involved in the defence of Britain in the air, just in the Air Force alone. You know, uh, by by nineteen thirty nine, by September nineteen thirty nine, there were already six hundred New Zealanders serving in the RF. and there was another six hundred, at least, trained New Zealanders turned up in the in the next nine months before the battle started. Now, these are aircrew, by the way. I should say they're not just. Um, Spread out across all of the air force, these are aircrew, uh, mostly aircrew, and they were involved in fighter command. They were involved in bomber command. They were, uh, in the training command, getting guys come through the system, and in, in the planning. And <clears throat> I mean, you look right up the top, and you've got New Zealanders in the in the in the hierarchy, including of course Keith Park, who was grossly overlooked. After the war for a long, long time, and then finally his story's getting told more. But you know, he's a New Zealander who went to Britain to serve in the RAF. Um and yeah, I just I, I just want to start tell some of those stories of you know, new and the other thing too, <laughs> I'm getting on my high horse here now, but you're, you're
2: interrupting yourself, Dave. It's yeah, <laughs> exactly. awesome.
3: But the but the but the thing is uh, this gets completely overlooked and forgotten, and this is and this is Australian history as well as New Zealand history. Our troops, who were going over to the Middle East in 1940, got diverted. Ours was the second echelon, which was a uh, there was probably a third of our division in in the Middle East. Uh, and I don't know exactly how many Australians, but all those ships that were heading for Cairo got diverted and went to Britain. And those guys were all sit, stationed along the south coast of Britain, waiting for the German invasion. You know, alongside the Brits and probably many other countries too that had escaped out of europe but you know those, those there were thousands and thousands of kiwi troops waiting for the german invasion and you, you never hear about that do
2: you no you don't and I, look I, I think it's it's a rant dave and and i uh, get where you're coming from and i think it, a lot of these things it's often a question of perception and where you stand or, both literally and figuratively, and part of the trip is to actually go and stand on some of those airfields and actually uh, absorb some of the, uh, the 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 vibe, the feeling of being yeah. there. And it does count. It is an important thing. But I, I would agree with you that um, the contribution in general to uh, the Battle of Britain and to Britain's war, the Allied war in Europe, uh, is often people don't see the bigger picture and don't necessarily grab all of the bits. Now I try to be nonpartisan myself um, about these things although I'm absolutely on the same page as Dave about telling the forgotten stories or the overlooked stories and one of the great things we're getting and with with the veteran interviews you've been doing Dave and, and other people um, in other organisations, we're getting to have people's stories that were often uh, very often overlooked. So um, absolutely agree with you on that um, n- neither of us would take anything away from the, the checks or the polls or indeed the French or other uh, forces that that fought with um, the RAF or with the British. That's not a a question at all. But I think um, depending on how you cut your cake, um, you can certainly say that New Zealand, I can say as an Australian um, and someone looking at this from a historical perspective, New Zealand made significantly greater sacrifices and, and sent proportionally more numbers than several other countries in the british uh, empire uh, commonwealth and so on so that you're absolutely right in, in that sense dave but to, to sort of put that on a different footing it's very much about capturing different stories and looking at different perspectives on perhaps a familiar i mean the battle of britain for our listenership i'm sure is extremely familiar um uh, areas and and such like so there's going to be a much bigger uh, broadening i hope of p- picture and i think there's something i'd like to pick up here and just one of the things we talked about is reflecting back to wings over australia and reflecting forward to what might happen um wings with um wings over britain and one of them is that uh, one of the first interviews we did in australia when dave came over here was with a good friend of ours uh, keith webb um talking about his um family members that in fact the chap he was um named after who was tragically lost um, sort of three quarters of the way through the war on a, on a very important night um, and also his work on veteran interviews and li- listening to you two um, talk about your experiences in, in veteran interviews and what you what you'd found and I think that whole thing about, for me, a lot of what this will boil down to is i didn't know that i didn't know that story i didn't know that perspective i didn't know that bit about that place and as you said yourself dave you didn't know places to go so much in the uk you hadn't prioritized it much harder to find back then now we've got a lot more information but i'm absolutely sure like with wings over australia like Wands is always doing wings Over new zealand you'll be finding stuff and sharing it with people um that was i didn't know that so um a big shout-out to Keith, uh, as I say, a good friend of ours. Um, is there something you remember about the interview with with uh, Keith, which was, if I'm just checking our notes here, that was uh, episode 90, Wings Over Australia, not 90 of um, Wings Over New Zealand series, because it's a sub-series, was with Keith. Was there something that sort of jumped out at you um, for talking to Keith and the veteran side of things, Dave? Uh,
3: I, I just think it was, it was amazing how similar that uh, we found you know our experiences of of tracking down veterans and recording them and um you know i I, i'd been doing it by myself for a long time and not i just was gathering them because i just wanted to make sure that that someone was recording the stories and uh i hadn't really i'd never got any training or anything in it i just i just did it and and learned along the way and then it turned out that i must have been doing it right because i was doing the same thing as keith was doing and, (laughs) and, and he's a proper professional um and uh yeah, no, I just, I found it fascinating to talk with Keith about that. And and, and actually, uh, I should say too, I have a few people lined up who have done similar things in Britain. Uh, so right. Wings Over Britain, I want to talk with uh, a number of the historians who have been gathering uh, veteran stories over there as well. And um, some of them have written books and things like that. So that, you know, for me, uh, uh, it's interesting uh, I started out just interested in the aircraft, but once I started talking to the people, it's it's the it's the personal stories that mean far more than the than the engineering of the aircraft or or that sort of thing, if you know what I mean. Um, as I as I I grew in what I do, uh, it, it's it's tracking down those stories, and it, as you said earlier, that we've got so few of the uh veterans left now to to be able to do that, but in order to try and get what we can and tell those stories to the wider public. I think it's important
2: absolutely look I, I agree obviously i would agree 100 but just to pick up on a couple of points there i had a sort of similar journey to you in that sense david started off as a kid interested in the, the aviation and you know, propeller planes as i would have called them back then yeah. um still interested in that but my interest now is in terms of who preserves and who restores and who um looks after these aircraft oh, and pilots too there's, there's a, um, a lot of people who are working very hard to um, make sure museums have good representative aircraft um that they're well restored that are accurate and so on and we had some fascinating chats um here uh, in australia with for instance um uh, jamie croker at the australian warm oil working on the hudson there an important type in australia in new zealand um, in britain and canadian and also in american history and uh, vastly uh, overlooked really compared to what it should be Um, and that kind of thing, I think, is, is uh, absolutely not something you're going to be neglecting, uh, although I, we agree about the you know, wanting to talk about the people stories, because uh, that is a big thing. But before we move on to move away from the technology, I'd just like to give a shout out to the Science Museum, the uh, National Aeronautical Collection in the UK at the Science Museum um in lambeth i think it's one of the most overlooked uh, aviation collections in the world and for my money is probably the second most important collection of aircraft actual artifacts in the world after the smithsonian in america um in that it has a significant number of original aircraft um, that did the thing that made the type famous or changed the world i mean it's stuff like uh, amy johnson's moth jason that flew to australia um amy johnson obviously a very famous name other things you might almost overlook there's a there's a skeletal aircraft there there. that's the only remaining Fokker E1 uh, Eindecker, the uh, monoplane, which really started the whole concept of, of fighter aircraft um, as we start to understand them today. Not there now, but for many, many years, the original Wright Brothers um, flying machine, the, the Wright Flyer, was uh, in the Science Museum. It actually spent time um, in, I believe, Wales during World War II to avoid the risk of being bombed um, during um, the Blitz and so on, um, and only went back to America after the war when the um, argument between the Wrights and the Smithsonian was finally correctly resolved. Um, and many other aircraft, the world's oldest um, jet aircraft, the Gloucester E-2839, a personal favorite of mine, um, is in the Science Museum. So um, the technology is also important. I know Dave wasn't saying it isn't, um, and we will be looking at at, uh, at the people side of things, but um, if I can just give a shout out to the Science Museum, you know, I'll be writing something soon, Um, I'm working on writing something on the Science Museum as a collection and looking at its history, which is uh, quite important in, in and of itself. Um, and that leads me to something else I'd just like to quickly talk about. Um, one of the things we've just managed to link up uh, development that's uh, going on is I'm now working for Vintage Aviation News, running out of America with Marina Agure, um and Richard Mallory Ulna. I'm, I'm now one of the editorial team, and we're going to be cross-fertilizing stuff between uh, Vintage Aviation News and Wings Over New Zealand talking about this and uh, making sure that we spread the word more widely. So uh, we welcome new listeners through Vintage Aviation News um and to people from wings over new zealand uh, welcome to the vintage aviation news world um, where we'll be looking at um, vintage and, and historic and warbird aviation globally
4: vintage aviation news is pleased to support wings over britain and wings over new zealand and we'll be checking in with reports as dave's tour progresses vintage aviation news is an organization founded by a group of passionate vintage aviation enthusiasts who love to share the history and technology aviation museums preserve for the public. It's our intention to play a role in safeguarding the heritage of these beautiful machines by providing increased awareness and education through the use of internet-based digital media. Vintage Aviation News is an online news resource dedicated to warbirds, aviation museums, vintage aviation, and aviation heritage, and the many enthusiasts who wish to know more about them. The goal of this site is to provide fresh daily news content for a large community of aviation fans who visit our page regularly. Vintage Aviation News Online can be found on your usual social media channels and at VintageAviationNews.com.
2: I think one of the key things is we're not going to be parochial about it. Um, It's going to be bigger than just, you know, stuff happening in America or Britain or even Australia and New Zealand taking that in one more direction and i'm just going to throw it back to dave after that something i'd like to flag up is the whole question of mosquitoes you mentioned about a mosquito in the uk with engines running which is awesome and great and appropriate um but i think one of the more recent times that dave and i actually met was um uh 10 years ago now it doesn't seem like 10 years uh, we assembled at ardmore airfield uh in new zealand to see the first mosquito fly uh for oh, nearly two decades i think it was um since the loss of rr299 in the uk uh um, Um, And since then, since that magnificent, incredible airshow weekend, incredible achievement by the guys at AvSPEX, Glenn Powell, uh, too many other people important to to mention here, um, there have been several more mosquitoes come out of New Zealand. And it's not the last. We'll be seeing more uh, there. And and hopefully, if the current news breaking stuff is is correct, um, there will be a flying mosquito in the UK once more in the not too distant future. So technology is not going to be overlooked in, in any sense. But veteran stories, even though they're hard, veterans are very few and far between. Veteran stories, even at second hand, is is a key thing. That was a lot of things to pick up on, uh, Dave. Anything grab you there that you want to follow up?
3: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, absolutely. Uh, going back to the, you're talking about the Science Museum. I, I did visit there, as I said, uh, I think it was on my first trip. But I didn't even know that there were airplanes there. I just went because it was the Science Museum and my sister had said, oh, the science museum's good, go have a look at that. Um And I got there and went, look at all this. <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> you know, I, and the, I, one of the things that actually really impressed me was they had one of the um Apollo, I think it's Apollo, or was it Mercury capsule? One of I don't
2: do space, Dave. It was one of those no, triangular no, things that not,
3: astronauts not, went to. Not, not, not a one to, to a certain extent, but it was one that had been to space anyway. And yeah. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But, you know, looking around at those aircraft there, um, it just, it was quite overwhelming. I couldn't really take it all in uh, because I wasn't prepared for it. And so that's one thing I really want to do is go back and have a good look around
2: that place. Another thing they've got there is the Schneider Trophy, the actual Schneider Trophy that Britain won, which was directly influential in the way that both aviation technology and the course of World War II went. I mean, you know, there's a a trophy that means something. Um, Yeah, so going back a bit more preparation, if I can jump in, if you're listening to this and you think you don't want Dave to miss something or you can help with something – do get in touch. We we This is very much uh, uh, a program that works with its listeners. Um, we love to hear from you. Um, one of the hardest things that we do in both writing and podcasting is you punt this stuff out and people say, yeah, that was great. Um, but they don't necessarily tell you and they don't necessarily tell you what you might benefit from knowing. So don't be shy. Get in touch. If there's something you think um, Dave should do, or he's gonna he's got a packed list of potential things. Um, but if you can help with any of that, and if I can just ping in again, the old sponsorship thing. Dave's been very well supported with sponsoring so far and a lot out of his own pocket. But if you want to chip in a little bit, um, the Give a Little, which will be up on the website with this uh, Give a Little account, will be open, uh, is open, and we're very much appreciative of what you can enable. But yeah, Science Museum, being properly brief, knowing what to look at, and, and going to talk to the people um, who are on the spot. Um, well, lots of that's, other.
3: Well, it's interesting, James, to know about their Eindecker, because I didn't see that when I was there last time.
2: You can walk straight past it because it's 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 just a framework. There's no fabric on it, and uh, you could. And this is the challenge that Dave will have. You could literally spend uh, a justifiable week going through everything at the Science Museum in detail. That's not going to be what's going to happen at all. No. Um, I'm not going
3: to have time to spend. You know, anywhere, but <laughs> day, a, anywhere, unfortunately. But, exactly, and, that, and that's
2: another thing. Like, yes, tend you know, suggestions, but whether I get to all those suggestions, yeah another
3: problem so absolutely no um,
2: guarantees that Dave will be able to follow up on all your leads but, but I a do I, I, happy I to hear
3: the suggestions so
2: yeah yeah so let's jump a bit uh it kind of wraps up everything we've been uh, picks up everything we've been talking about to this point which is the battle of brit memorial flight um uh, for those who may not know about it which i hope is uh, very few in our audience battle of Britain memorial flight founded in 1957 is um operates a select number of spitfires and hurricanes lancaster uh c47 dakota in the british uh, uh pilots. um and they have been commemorating um, the Royal Air Force and associated forces uh, war uh, since the nineteen fifties, which is one of the longest operating uh, vintage aircraft. And I use this word warbird. Uh, organizations uh, around there's only a couple of other places that go that back that far. The interesting thing is they're both warbirds and not warbirds because warbirds is pr- yeah, pretty much define a worked on this one myself, as uh, ex-military aircraft in, in private ownership to commemorate. Well, these are not ex-military aircraft. And they're not in private ownership. These are um, part of the Royal Air Force. And one of the things I remember talking to the um, the boss, the CO, commanding officer of the Battle Brick Memorial Flight, as was uh, many years ago, was we operate as many aircraft as the Royal Air Force Red Arrows, but they're all different um, and they're all World War II uh, vintage. So we have a very different technical challenge. The Battle Brick Memorial Flight is both the technology as we we're just touching on and commemorating the, the veterans and one thing i'll just mention here is one of the most amazing experiences was standing on a high street um in a town that will remain nameless in the uk with a number of bomber command veterans with the lancaster flying over and that was a, a bit of a choke up moment and those guys were all i'm sadly think i'm sure of no longer with us um felt that seeing the aircraft fly over them um was recognition um, of the appalling privations and challenges they'd been through in bomber command <clears throat> in World War II. So Battle Ritmore flight, I think, is a definite and it's a big should be a big trip highlight, won't it, Dave?
3: Oh, definitely. I, I'm really, really looking forward to getting there, um, talking to some of the people and just seeing those aircraft, which are legendary, particularly the the Lancaster, which is one of only two that flies in the world. Uh and I think it has so much meaning for so many people and not just the veterans i mean you know i know know loads of people who are not even that interested in aviation but they've seen it fly over over their local town or whatever and they'll mention it when i'll start talking about my interest in aviation you know it's like um it's it's one of those great symbols of britain the battle of brit memorial flight whether it's the lancaster or the spitfires and hurricanes or even the the dakota uh the chipmunks and um, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I really, really can't wait to get there. I, I, am really looking forward to Lincolnshire. There's so many sites there that are, that are going to be very, very special. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and also, uh, um, you know, one of the places I, I really want to go to uh, is also to Yeovilton to see the naval aircraft there. Uh, some years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to record. I think around 20 interviews with New Zealanders who flew in the Fleet Air Arm. Now those guys are totally forgotten these days in New Zealand. I mean, even during the war, most people didn't know we had guys in the, in the Fleet Air Arm. But you know, by the by the war's end, one in every four aircrew in the Royal Navy Fleet Air Arm were New Zealanders. It's the only country in the world that they d- directly uh, recruited um, aircrew from outside of Britain and um uh so there was there was oh, i think it was 12 or 1400 new zealanders became pilots or observers um directly recruited
2: and, and before you were working on that day i didn't know that and i think it's a it's a it's a really good example of what we're talking about in this which is the, the forgotten and overlooked elements of the story mm. um and and I think you know what you've done with the <clears throat> with the uh, kiwi veterans is really important um fleet air arm museum is is and and navy wings the active um a naval aircraft also based there um the fleet yeah. air arm museum is one of my favorite museums uh, in the uk um historically because they did more with less uh, funding and support than than many other arguably better uh museums or more famous museums so i think you'll have a great time there and we're hoping that we'll be able to line up some really good chats with the, with the people there um, doing their stuff but um it's a bit much bigger story than just the um british royal navy's fleet air arm um, as dave just said there's a very strong and very important new zealand community component. And it, just to reflect back again on Wings Over Australia, one of the things which was um, a, a highlight for us in the Wings Over Australia uh, tour was uh, talking to then museum manager Terry Hether- Hetherington of the Fleet Air Arm Museum here in Australia now or in New South Wales. Um, so Dave's absolutely right. The presence of New Zealanders in the um, Royal Navy's Fleet Air Arm was significant during World War II. There was proportions of other nationalities, including Australians and Canadians and so on, of course. Um, but Australia, after the war, really developed a, a strong Fleet Air Arm um, with carriers for uh, a couple of decades, um, and still has a significant naval component. So, yeah. one of the things I find fascinating, I think Dave will be doing this in a in a New Zealand perspective, is seeing the. Contrasts and comparisons, and we, we we would definitely recommend. I think one of the highlights of of the Wings Over Australia series was episode one two seven, Wings Over Australia Fleet Air Arm Museum with with Terry looking at some of the stories there, which many of which were entirely unknown to me, and I'm sure unknown to to you, Dave. So uh, yeah, um, that, was
3: a, that was a brilliant visit, and a, and really good to talk with Terry. And uh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's going to be great to make the comparison with the, the British Fleet Air Arm, and of course we, we have our own very tiny. Fleet Air Arm Museum uh, uh, in New Zealand. Um, well, we we had we had one at, at Motet. Um, unfortunately, Motet chose to close it down after the last veteran died. So uh, it's all gone into storage. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have that here anymore. So again, the Kiwis have been pushed aside and forgotten. Which is, I want to bring their stories back.
2: And and that kind of pressure of interest is what makes changes happen yeah. in terms of what is remembered and what is commemorated. I think one of the good things um about operating in the vintage and aviation and in the um the history and heritage sphere for aviation is we're seeing more stories more diverse perspectives and understanding um of what aviation has been um who who were influences that you mentioned um i was going to mention if you didn't dave but keith park and it's so important during the battle of britain one of the key leaders um and then also in the defense of malta um and a, a, a towering uh aviator by any measure and again one of those guys um who was a first world war new zealand aviator fighting um uh, on, uh flying on the western front so all of these stories will come back net back and forth as as we go um i've got a list here of uh probably what 30 possible locations which dave is not going to get to all of them um, and there is going to be a priority element but i will reiterate if you really feel that you can help with with dave getting access to something or talking to someone important you know one of the things we'd love to hear is yeah if you're going to x talk to this person that, that would be great we've got a really strong network um one of the things i do is networking um and we will be lining up lots of uh a, a good interviews and so on but one of the things we found with wings over australia was so much stuff was surprising um we were we managed to line up some last minute um interviews with people we hadn't expected um and sometimes they were even more gold uh, than the the ones that you might have Uh, Already, you know, expected to do one. I'd like to mention is at the Tamora Aviation Museum um, in New South Wales. Um, The chief engineer, after a two-day air show, the following day, where he would have been absolutely hammered, was very happy to talk to us for quite some time. Uh, This is Andy Bishop. Still there, still still doing amazing stuff with with Aero engines and with aircraft maintenance from, um, you know, Tiger Moth, uh, a four-cylinder jobbies right up to um the jets in in relatively modern machines, uh, cam- flying Canberra and so on. Um, Andy did us a great interview. I think we might have got more out of him because he was so tired, uh, in a way, and was absolutely passionate about the Merlin engine. Um, and uh, that was just so beautiful to hear someone, um, so embedded in engineering, um, so embedded in keeping um these aeroplanes flying talking about that side of things which i'm sure equivalent interviews will, will happen um in the uk we don't know what they are yet so we'll see but uh, andy's was a highlight wasn't it uh, it, it I, was he, he
3: was brilliant to do that for us and uh, uh no, he he was so passionate about it and you know um he looks after an amazing collection there that that was such a, a great visit it was 43 degrees i think it was when we arrived shocking here. It was just it was killing for for a kiwi like me. So I'm quite looking forward to the the English summer, which hopefully will only be about half that. <laughs> well, you never know. You never know, <laughs> Dave. The that uh, was there was, was springtime. Some-
2: was the there is some ball. pretty uh, yeah it a, <laughs> look uh speaking as an Australian that the 40 plus degree temperatures on an air show is no fun for anyone. The pilots no. don't like it. The ground crew certainly don't like it. It's yeah. not a lot of fun for the families or even enthusiasts. But you won't hopefully hit that. Um, There's been some pretty hot weather in the UK last few years, so we'll see how you go. But um, should be a bit more clement. Uh, and getting around won't be uh, quite as challenging. Australia is a big place. Um, but uh, one of the things I've often said, and someone can correct us online if they want when when we broadcast this, but if if you stick a pin in the Science Museum or in central London and draw a circle about uh, 100 uh, miles around, you catch a hell of a lot of historic aviation um, and some of the most important um, venues um, in Vintage Aircraft. We've mentioned the Shuttleworth Collection deserve a mention again, definitely. but the other one I'd like to, to bring up, which we touched on very briefly, um, it's a great filming location. Um, it's another spiritual home. It's another place up there, I think, with with um, the Science Museum in one way, Shuttleworth, Oshkosh in another. And that's the Imperial War Museum, Duxford, former uh, Royal Air Force Duxford um, work, restoration, um, flying and, uh, and air shows and events. Um, you got to Duxford last time, Dave. It'll be very different, I think, much more um, impressive this time. Is there anything particularly with Duxford you're uh, looking forward to?
3: Well I know the last time I was there they didn't have the uh American Air Museum part of it that big new building when I say new it's probably about 20 years old It's <laughs> <No, that's laughs> funny <laughs> isn't it yeah um and uh, well I mean there's just there's so much at Duxford and and not just the aircraft but also people I know there as well that I want to catch up with and um various collections and oh I, I just I can't wait it's going to be I, I I'm definitely planning to devote a few days to Duxford rather than just the one like a
2: lot of them. yeah you'll, you'll definitely need a few days there um to, to do that because it is it is actually a collection of restoration facilities um organizations with historic rare aircraft um b-17 sally b just to name uh one um and and not just military aviation history in an active sense but also warbird aviation history it's it's, it's uh it's now got decades and decades of some of the most famous um warbird flying has, has occurred there um, there's a lot of things that have happened in the UK since I left which I'm excited uh, at a distance for Dave to be getting to and seeing and so on um, but one thing I was able to get to um, when I went back um, in the um, to earlier 2000s was um, the Royal Air Force Muse- then Royal Air Force Museum Cosford I think it's now Royal Air Force or, or, sorry Royal Air Force Museum Midlands um, but at uh, the former RAF Cosford with a very interesting collection of aircraft um, very much contrasting with many others and a very strong cold war collection including a lot of um types that you can't see anywhere else including one of the royal new zealand air force's um favorite transport aircraft i believe it's one of the the best three engine transports the uh, hastings right dave
3: yep yep um well we've got part of a hastings here in new zealand they've cut the front off <laughs> and the engines and get that but the rest is gone um i do remember seeing a hastings at duxford is it Isn't uh, the
2: There, there is indeed a hastings at duxford as well yes yeah
3: um but no cosford is one of those places that when i was in england the, the last two times I'd, I'd never even heard of it it wasn't until years later that i started reading about it in fly past magazine or airplane and i was like what there's another raf museum i had no idea so that's definitely one that i'm keen to go and visit um, um but what just picking up on something you said before james uh was about getting around is going to be easier but actually you know i'm going to be using public transport um, so if anyone they out comment. there, if anyone out there has tips for the best way to get to various museums uh, on public transport from the closest centers, let me know these tips because you know I, there might be some easy bus route or uh, you know so, something that's that'll get me there that I don't know about yet. So those sort of tips are really helpful. Um, yeah
2: absolutely um yeah. dave's going to be moving himself around and it's a smaller space than uh, than the previous but yeah he's not going to be have a, a bespoke driver did, did i have to wear the chauffeur cap for the trip in anyway um yeah, yeah and dave's going to be um, relying on a, on a number of uh, very good friends uh who will be looking after him at points in the trip but a lot of it is definitely going to be self-moving so yeah um and again um the, it's not cheap getting around the uk by public transport although some t- cheaper than some things so again if you if you're happy to help fund this make it happen get dave more places doing more stuff more time with the aeroplanes less time on a bus um or waiting for a bus that's awesome and the give a little count i know i'm sounding like an advertiser <laughs> this is quite amusing because i'm not getting anything out of this um but uh yeah very much we know from the wings over Australia experience we had some very very generous people and we were able to do a lot more than we would have otherwise been able to some of them offered accommodation some of them offered transport some of them us connections and we got to talk to people who in several cases had not been interviewed previously and as far as I know, never been in, have not been interviewed since yeah. um, so if you want to hear from some of these people this is the one of the only ways to do it so again if you've got stuff you'd like dave to to look at or talk about do feel free to get in touch we're very happy to hear um absolutely no guarantees we can do it um, but i do know that if people come up with sensible ideas and suggestions that are within the bounds of possibility it's remarkable what can be joined up and what we can achieve um, and we certainly did a lot of that wings over australia and i have no doubt dave will be doing that wing with wings um over britain i'm going to put dave on the spot here and ask him if there was something that. He didn't really expect a uh, kind of maybe a, a a highlight or a surprise uh, or an unexpected extra in um, wings over Australia when when we came out here because we'd done the same sort of thing we'd done the same planning. I'm talking now so Dave has a chance to think. Um, we haven't scripted this, kids. Um, but what was what was maybe a, a big surprise or a big highlight of the trip to Australia that you just didn't have lined up when we when we were planning?
3: there were heaps there were heaps that i mean i really didn't know what i was getting into even when i arrived i we had you, you'd mentioned a whole lot of names but i didn't know who they were because you were setting these up and so that was you know meeting somebody like um matt henderson that was brilliant and uh to find that there's an australian who actually knows that the air trainer was designed in new zealand australia you know things like that um but, but no, the the great surprise there was that he actually gave me a flight in one. And yeah. I, I worked on the damn things in the Air Force, but I'd, I'd never flown in one before. And so that was brilliant. Thanks, Matt. Um, you know, and uh, just seeing the extent of some of the collections, like at Morabin or Tamora, uh, lot, lots of stuff there that I didn't really even know fully what was there. Um, Haas, I mean, gosh, that place is much 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 more extensive than i had ever imagined and uh you know it's it's like you you see photos online or in magazines but you actually really need to go to these places to experience them and that's what i'm looking forward to in britain it's there's going to be museums i haven't been to before and i've got a little bit of a general idea about but they'll be full of surprises as well so
2: absolutely look so i'll just pick up on a couple of bits there which i uh, agree so much so has historic aircraft restoration society in full illawarra new south wales um and uh, they've got some amazing uh, aircraft and it's a big collection of big airplanes as well oh. you know uh, up to the the connie and and uh, lockheed constellation and so on and we had a couple of cracking interviews there uh bob de la one of the bosses of haas um sat in the yeah. connie cockpit and talked us through the story of how he, he ended up um operating this and so on but uh expatriate brit uh, jim thurston uh, ran us through uh, the story behind and the restoration of the replica Fokker trimotor representing um, Smithy, Charles Kingston Smith's aircraft. Now, just giving That is shout outs. This is episode 125 of uh, Wings Over Australia, Wings Over New Zealand in the the big heading. And um, we're very much looking forward to the the first flight of that um, Fokker uh, replica, which has been a long time coming. Um, And Jim's story, uh, I still think uh, we keep using the word highlight. um, And, you know, can you have nothing but highlights? Well, it certainly feels like that's what we had in Australia. I think you're going to see a fair amount of that kind of thing in, in the UK. So, that's one thing. The other thing, I, yeah, absolutely it's hilarious, Dave, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, for those who are not familiar with the Australian New Zealand story of the the, the CT4, uh, the Victor Air Tourer was an Australian design by an expatriate, not Australian originally. Um, long, complicated story, but the final design of, of or the, the real design, complete design <clears throat> of what became the CT4 was a, a fully New Zealand uh, project, who then sold them back to Australia. Um, and so, there's a fair amount of Tras Tasman rivalry there. But I do it's an appropriate um and cheerful thing to say that yes you got your first flight in a ct4 um thanks to matt henderson Uh, matt has since uh, moved from um, victoria to new south wales and has set up an aviation museum um so a shout out to to um to both matt and Kaz, his his uh, wife um and the team there um up in tokenwall in new south wales um, and that's a very interesting museum some uh, active aircraft on display and the full story of the Tokumol, um, uh base which was set up as an American uh, used uh, airbase in, in rural outback Australia really um, for the, uh, the the Japanese uh, advance and, and in World War II and now looking at it and the whole history of scrapping aircraft in the 1950s and um, what actually happened there which again is as we've just been saying uncovering so many stories. Um, if you want to hear the story of the um, CT4 as, as told between one Kiwi and one Aussie, which and this time not coming to blows over. That's uh, episode 103 uh, of the uh, Wings Over Australia series. Um, and that was great fun to, to sit in on. Um, so yeah, we, we're not here to talk just about Wings Over Australia, but it does make real I think what we hope to get out of um, uh, Wings Over Britain. And um, this is where you can influence how that happens. You can talk to us, you can give us a shout, um, help Dave out, and you, I think you've got an idea of what help we're looking for um with those kind of things again chip in a bit of money uh on the give a little account um follow us feedback um and as i say we'll be also talking um the guys at vintage aviation news and sharing some of the stuff through there um and i hope the lovely wings over new zealand and what will be the wings over britain crew uh will reciprocate picking up on what's going on in vintage aviation news elsewhere um, around the world um, because it's a big old fascinating world of of, of vintage aviation so covered a lot of ground i mean we could keep going all day um but uh, that's kind of a lot of the the key things one thing i would like to say though um is Uh, anyone who can give dave a hand on the trip uh, you'll get my thanks uh, because dave's doing a really yes we've he's volunteered to do it yes it's a fun thing but it's hard work um it's exhausting um we were uh, wrecked by the end of the uh wings over australia series there's a photograph my wife took of the two of us sitting on a bench in the last um uh, motel we were staying in when she picked <laughs> us up and i've never seen two more wrecked looking guys because yeah. <laughs> uh, we had nothing <laughs> nothing left to give um and and you were then punting these editing and punting these um podcasts out for a following year which kind of is one measure of how much we'd packed into a matter of couple of weeks. So Dave's going to be doing this on his own with some uh, lovely uh, friends and contacts who will be supporting him some of the way, but any help you can give, both will make it easier, better, and, um, and will really help Dave out. And you'll get my thanks as well, because uh, Dave will um, bring you some absolutely fascinating stories and content that you won't get anywhere else. Um, but yeah, we were wrecked, weren't we, Dave? We,
3: we were, we were. Uh, it was, yeah, it was just it was a phenomenal uh trip i mean i think we packed about seven weeks worth of, of things that you could do into that two and a half weeks that it was there um and i look back and i keep think, thinking now i look back and just think gosh we, we we did so much we really did so much and i'm glad that we recorded almost all of it you know <laughs> yeah. so that so that it's it's all recorded and there's lots of photos. I mean, this British trip, I'll be taking lots of photos as well, which will go along with it, and there'll be hopefully videos and various things as well. So, um, but yeah, yeah uh, I mean, James, I, I want to say thanks very much for your very um good support in, in doing this, you volunteered to to record this today, um, and uh, you know this is this is a, a thing that has been in the back of my head for years and it's finally going to happen hopefully. And, uh, it means a hell of a lot to me. And, um, and the, the, the great thing is that other people will get to share in it when the episodes come out and the photographs and everything come out. And it's not just a holiday. This is, as you say, it's going to be some hard work and lots and lots of, um, interviews that will involve a lot of planning and tripping around and, um, a lot of thinking, you know how much thinking goes yeah. in. Into- it, it, this stuff it, this stuff fun. doesn't just happen you
2: know yeah. there's a lot of people and i'd just like to give a shout out um yes dave and i were, were key movers for the wings over australia dave built up wings over new zealand himself but i'm sure he will acknowledge a, a number of people who helped there but the original wings over australia uh idea was was um you know, thought up actually independently we both had a similar idea between myself and grant mccarran so big shout out to grant who we got this off the ground and then um some key people i'd just like to list off peter anderson errol Covett, matt austin peter costigan um all came to the party and, and made the trip happen as well as um, my wife and uh, and dave you know was hosted by me for some of that so we um we're very proud of what we achieved uh with that but it did it really just doesn't doesn't just happen um and there is a lot of, as you say a lot of thinking about it what what do you get in return well i i can guarantee you um, absolutely 100% um, that you will listen to podcasts that Dave puts out and you will go, I didn't know that. And mm. you didn't know it. And it was interesting, fascinating. It changed, it will be stuff that will change your thinking and your understanding um, of what history that you thought you knew. I think a lot of our listeners will be very familiar with the battle of Britain with bomber command, with Britain's role in world war two, Britain's role in civil and military aviation, science museum, technology and so on, but there will be stuff absolutely guaranteed um, where you will go. I didn't really know that and stuff, as Dave just said. You can walk past an aeroplane, not even know it's there. This time, we're hoping that you'll be able to pick up on a lot more of those things and and record it. Yeah, it did feel like about seven weeks packed into to two and a half. I put a cartoon afterwards up on my um, social media of um, the the um, uh, the wiley e. coyote <laughs> after he runs off one of the cliffs and looks at the camera because that's pretty much how I felt yeah. as we finished that particular trip. Exactly. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was awesome, and I think the Wings Over Britain is going to be awesome. Having said that, you're going to be doing another um, chat like this, but with someone on the spot, aren't you, Dave? With Peter.
3: Oh well, hopefully, yeah, yeah. We're, that's something that's all part of the planning. There's all like, in planning. Peter, Peter Peter Johnson of Aviation Extended Podcasts. Hopefully, uh, I want to. I definitely want to catch up with Peter when I'm in uh, England, if I can. Uh, he's a very busy chap, but uh, we're hoping to catch up and. Um, We've been friends for a long time. He, he started his podcast only shortly after, well, him, him and his team. There's, there's four presenters in it, but uh, Peter and I have been very good friends for a long, long time, and uh, uh, he's a good su- supporter of, of promoting uh, Wings Over New Zealand, and I always like to promote uh, extended podcasts. It's, it's a really good show. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're doing good work. And I think one of the great things about the podcast aviation sphere, if that's I just made up the word, but never mind, um, is that people do tend to work complementary format. There's there's there is competition in some elements, but yeah. the area we're involved, it doesn't tend to be. So Grant McCarran uh was uh, he is with Playing Crazy Down Under a podcast out of Australia, some great stuff there. Um so big shout out to Grant in wearing his Playing Crazy Down Under hat. Um and you know, we've got some great colleagues.
3: He, he was also he was also my co-host on warbird radio as well uh, wings over new zealand were on Warburg radio so there was, there was that tie-in as well
2: so we should give an a, absolute a tip of the hat to, to warbirds radio Warburg's yeah. Radio, which unfortunately is not available um any longer but most of the other stuff we're talking about is up on on, on the web or accessible in some format links will be going um into the, the web pages where this will be appearing so if you want to follow up and i really um one of the things it's great fun doing this and we really like doing it but as dave said in a different way just now one of the biggest rewards is knowing people have listened to these things and as i say hopefully i didn't know that or learned something or whatever yeah. um so do go to the various links we've been mentioning wings over australia we've we've, we've shouted out a number um wings over new zealand is absolutely packed uh, with great great interviews uh, insights to aviation not just new zealand i know dave is, is is a big champion of new zealand and i back him on that but it's also a bigger picture. It's, there's a lot more insights from um, exactly. people, so don't don't feel it's just for Kiwis. It's for anyone who's interested in aviation history. And, yeah, we've yeah, got some great con- Kiwi
3: content. We've got listeners all around the world uh, already with the show, and uh, we we're always keen to pick up more. So um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I just want to finish this off, James, by saying um, this show that we've just recorded. Uh, I'm pretty uh, all over the place, but but that's only because I really hate talking about myself. And when I do an interview, it's really I like sitting down and hearing someone else's story, you know. So I hardly ever actually have to say anything, only a few questions here and there. And I hate talking about stuff that I'm doing, or or you know that that's just not me. So the actual episodes that you will hear on Wings Over Britain are going to be, uh, I shall hopefully be much more prepared and practiced and uh oh I won't, absolutely I won't, be yeah. talk, I won't be talking about me i'll be we'll be talking about the stories of the wings over britain uh yeah
2: so. yeah look i think that's a really good important point and, and a good sort of thing to to be winding up on which is that um we both see ourselves as as or are journalists in this kind of space uh we're here to find and and drag out or to reveal or share the stories and the the insights and the knowledge that the experts uh, have and you know my, one of my mantras is i may not know the answer but i'll know a person who does yeah. and um, you know i've helped dave with this trip i've helped dave obviously hugely with the wings over australia project but we've worked together for many many years dave and i go way back um to yeah, the always, early, i think pre-2000s isn't it well, um always yeah. helping each other out Exactly. And and so it's not just other podcasts and so on. But yeah, we will be vanishing a bit more into the woodwork. Uh, today's podcast was brought to you by Dave and I going, well, we need to do a briefing. And I can a- I can ask you, Dave, some of the questions. And here we are. But we don't want it to be about us. We're very happy to talk. Um, but it, it's really uh, the other stories that we want to be sharing. So this is to give you a flavor. It's to give you a bit of a, an idea of what's going to happen and give you go, oh, is, are they going to miss out on this? I'll get in touch because they shouldn't miss out on this. Um, and let us know. Or you think this sounds like a bit of um, good stuff that you want to support. If you can help Dave in the UK, great. And um, uh, if you're not in the UK and you can't help him there and you want to chuck some money into the give it a little account, please do that. Um, It's going to happen anyway, but you'll ease the process uh, hugely uh, with that. And well t- this year britain um maybe not next year but definitely sometime down the track oshkosh what do you reckon dave
3: uh well i'm looking at no- next year for oshkosh anyway so are you good that's, man that's the plan i'm going to hopefully do wings over america uh, that
2: would be that would year. be awesome yeah that's, and, that's, and
3: the, that's the plan at this stage but it just depends on how much uh money i can put together be- before july next year so
2: so if we get vast sponsorship through, they'll give a little account um, yeah. that exceeds your maximum uh, potential for Britain, which is not at all likely kids, but uh, yeah, look, this is, this, and, um, Dave doing um, Wings Over America would be would be a terrific um, follow up and going one bigger each time. Um, I'm very, very genuinely, seriously proud of what we achieve with Wings Over Australia. Very happy to have helped Dave and many other people with with the podcasts and and you know, networking stuff. Looking forward to a good relationship um, between um, Wings Over New Zealand and its various sub forums and um Vintage Aviation News, which is coming out of America by an Italian uh, and a Brit over there, and here is me in Australia as an Australian driving that. So it's going to be very, very international. Um, so yeah, Oshkosh will be awesome. Uh, have we missed anything, Dave? That that's been really fun and pretty comprehensive, I think.
3: No, all I all I want to say to close is thanks very much, James, for your support, and uh, I just yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing any suggestions and and uh, hearing from people. So
4: pleasure
2: great to be able to do this dave it's been real fun um and i'm resisting the temptation to try and uh, get into your suitcase to go over there but uh, i'll have to make do with in this case for me um popping across to omaka in new zealand because the kiwis do some pretty good air shows and uh, omaka is, is up there but uh you have my envy for if nothing more uh, getting onto the hallowed turf of of old warden and and seeing i hope a cracking shuttleworth show and talking to some very knowledgeable people around the uk so have a great trip glad to have been able to help and um, signing off for the moment but we'll be in touch with more stuff soon
3: well thanks James. and before we sign off i will also say uh this this trip's not happened till june july but in the meantime there will be more Windsor, new zealand uh, shows coming out absolutely yeah so go and subscribe to wings over new zealand and and you can hear lots of already there's 270 episodes in the archive you can go back to and there's all sorts of topics in there Uh,
2: absolutely and and uh, of course 20 or so we don't even know how many um of the wings over australia series which we've mentioned in this and i hope we spark some interest with some of the people we've mentioned
3: excellent okay thanks james
2: thanks dave
0: That was the
3: Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood.